0: He's wet it, man! Whoa, oh, I can't believe it, Jordan C. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's got to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rusted, that
2: dicky nose. Yeah. <laughs> what about to McCullum? Shane might be trying to, try to shake the sweep one after that first. Might try and slide one in there. Fast. Yeah. Well, you we called it. Out. Let's run out. Let's come
1: off Sam's head on no, this no, no, guy. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you?
0: Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me on tonight's show for our first in-season podcast of the year, we're going to be covering rounds two and three, some quick change rounds, quick turnarounds in uh, in games this season in Supercoach. So there'll be a few times this season where we'll double up uh, from time to time and another lot of times where we'll just focus on one round. Joining me is a bloke who was absolutely flying to start the Supercoach season up until about 10 minutes ago when the Sixers game kicked off. And I don't know, he's still looking all right, but Spy, it's been a tough start for you and a few of your uh, your side.
2: Mate, I was going to come in and just give it to you boys, but all of a sudden, um, I've lost my three sixes batsman for under 10, just in the build-up to this this podcast. Philippi was my vice-captain, which is obviously great. I'm not complaining there, but as I was saying to you boys, I wanted another 80 or 90 just to Absolutely go mental in round one and give yourself a lead, but he's gone. Maybe a few stumpings on the cards. And then the bike I dropped, Matty Wade's already got a stumping and a catch, and he's probably going to kill it tonight. So that's all right. These things happen, and that's that's something you'll find about cricket is you can have your ups and downs, but my, my round one's still been pretty good. So um, happy days.
0: That's it, mate. You're looking pretty good there. And again, the unlike sort of the NRL Supercoach podcast we do and the season structure there, uh, it's a little bit harder to... They'll be, they'll, or Every single week we'll be doing it prior to the final round actually finishing to enable us to get these podcasts out in time for you to actually listen rather than doing it the day of the changeover. Also joining us for this week's podcast is, is an absolute cricketing guru, former Sydney Sixers media manager. He's a Cricket Australia commentator, Maxie Brighton. Maxie, how are you, mate?
1: G'day Tim, I'm going well mate um, and I think that I'd like to start this pod with a bit of an apology if you can indulge me for a second. Uh, I would like to extend my uh and sincere apologies to Matthew Short. Seems like he's going to be absolute cheapy of the week and make a bucket load of cash for the Adelaide Strikers uh, after being excluded from every single update that I made all pre-season on Cheapy Watch. So he showed me, he opened the batting, he batted well, he's going to make a ton of cash for owners and um, broke the ton as well. So sorry, Matty, missed you, but um, apart from that, mate, doing well. Get a Tim and Spy, and uh, cricket everywhere, mate, so that makes me happy.
0: Very good, mate, uh, Max. You didn't get much wrong this throughout the preseason thus far, so we'll give you, we'll let you off the hook this time round. And mate, how's your side travelling with the two of tonight's games to play? That's the Sixers game and also the Scorchers game coming up after it.
1: Yeah, so far so good. A couple of, um, couple of banana peels late with, um. Menenti left out of the first game. Good to see that he's uh, he's been included for tonight's match. Um, but, yeah, on, on um, looking like a decent score, um, VC, and my, my C is Majeeb, so that didn't work out too well. Um, but I did avoid Chris Lynn, um, Moses Reeks, who who's, uh, rewarded me with a ton. So, yeah, so far so good, pretty happy. And, and all of my bench have scored well enough mm-hmm. as well that they'll make cash this round. So that's all, another big tick.
0: Yeah, very good, mate. That was a huge, huge play on Moe Enriquez. there. I'm 580 with seven to play coming into tonight's game. It's projected at 1026. Uh, so going pretty well. Uh, Daniel Sam's got in him early, paid the big bucks and delivered as he always does. So happy to be on Sam's because I think we'll speak a bit more about him later on, but set for a decent price rise there and a very low break even. Got Xavier Bart, but like a lot of us did, and Kerr as well at the Sixers. Uh, Hughes' is duck egg, he's just flopped again in his second inning. So, mate, just the perennial trap in Supercoach. So I'm going to blame hmm. you for that one as well, mate. Uh, Majeeb, <laughs> Majeeb and Karim are my skippers. So I need Majeeb to pull out something in the second game. Uh, I have Maddie Short on my bench. Almost played him, but wanted to loop guilt. Uh, so I'm happy to have Short, Short. It'll save a trade next week, but missed out on Short's ton scoring for me. Uh, guys, we guys, as I said before, normally we'd knock this out two, a day or two earlier prior to the new round, uh, but we wanted to take a look at the Strikers' lineup being round one, see how they lined up for their opening game, which was last night. Look at the roles in the side. You know, guys like we've seen Short open the batting, bowling over there, take a wicket. Uh, being on the double game week next round, we can look a little more in detail at them and give you a bit more of an accurate picture uh, on how to utilize your trades in the upcoming week. Fellows on today's show, we're going to look at a little topic to start off with who emerged from round one uh, and are now on our radars. We're going to do, being a, a podcast covering rounds two and three, we'll be doing big analysis on the strikers in the stars who have the upcoming double game weeks in round two and then the stars in round three. Uh, we'll drop our pod anti-pod plays, our trade skippers as best as possible this far out and then we'll take a few questions from social Maxie, I'll start with you and I'm going to ask you that first question. Who emerged as you as buys are following strong round one roles or performances?
1: Yeah, thanks, Timmy. Um I'll give you three. So first and foremost, Matt Short um given he's got the double game week next week he will rise about 20k um already but he's projected with a with an if you can do an average performance in the double game week that he could make another 30 or 40 grand again next week um so he's a big one on my radar um, two other guys who really impressed me as well, one from the Sydney Thunder was Garinda Sandhu. Um, mm-hmm. He had a real barnstormer of a game, and um, this is a bloke who has been stinking it up for some time um, in BBL and, and sort of around Australian cricket since he made his debut for Australia at age 22. Um, much more mature ahead and came back and played a fantastic uh, role for the Sydney Thunder. I think he had 16 dot balls, um, 75 supercoach points, a couple of wickets, and they couldn't touch him. So... Um, all of a sudden from being the last signing for their club in their 18, he looks like he might uh, be in their best 11. Um, and the final guy who really impressed me last night was um, Zahir Khan from the Melbourne Renegades, the left-arm wrist spinner. Um, should have seen it coming. There was a lot of talk about the spin on um, Marvel Stadium, as there always is, and all eyes were on his countryman, Rashid Khan. But he really um, overshadowed him with a three-far 92 supercoach points. He started the round at uh, $95,000, set for a decent price rise, and a guy who you might have to think about um, if there's a few home games in a row for the Melbourne Renegades.
0: Mate, Asandu and Khan, guys, they... They don't have a double for a long, long time. Uh, Being that borderline cheapy range where they're probably not going to be season-long keepers, they're going to have very low break-evens after a decent price rise, it'll be now or never for them. Are they guys you're genuinely considering for this round or are they going to be a little bit overpriced after this week?
1: Look, I think um, particularly on Khan, he would be a way to zag from the rest of the field um, if you're looking for – uh, a mid-range guy, um, and even just a, a guy, for example, like Xavier Bartlett, who he won't play next round, but he he the next time he steps on the field, he'll have a decent break even as well. Um, it'd just be a way to zag from the rest of the field. Yes, there's no um, double until round eleven for the Renegades, but there's also no buy um, coming up for for some time. Um, the other Sandu as well. He's got job security issues, given that you've got both Mahmoud the Englishman, who's playing for England A, um, and potentially Brendan Doggett as well, jostling for his spot when he, he comes back. Um, but the good thing as well about the Sydney Thunder is they don't have a buy for the entire season, um, so they are a team that you can um, you can look at pretty confidently. Uh, and and stack your reserves with those guys um that's what i've done with the likes of jilks sam whiteman so um certainly worth considering um but yeah he would he would sort of be a buyer beware guy but again just just a waiter for a a definite cheap pod who you could pretty safely start um in your boulders spots if he holds his job
0: yeah well said mate spy who are the blokes who caught your eye that have emerged as buys from round one I'll start with the
2: boys Max. Maxi just spoke about. I would Zahir Khan as well. Pretty high on my list. He's quite cheap. He looked really good. We always talk about the eye test in Supercoach. He looked like he was threatening each, each ball. He's got a lot of dot balls in him. Uh, he's one of them guys, you've just got to see if you can get him in. Certainly not as a must or anything like that, but if you decide you've got enough strikers players, for example, for round two and you've got a spare trade... He's a pretty good option at that price, I think. I think he's only going to go up. He's going to be a good option to give you a bit of cash elsewhere. So I'll have a look to see if I can get him in. I don't know if I can, but we'll have a look later and see what we can do. But I quite like him. Uh, short from Adelaide, I think he's an absolute must. He looked nearly the form form batsman of the opening week. He was on fire. Um, a couple of the ones he picked up off his pads and and put in the stands. Possibly and over, maybe gets a few more. So hard to pass up on the double game week with a low break even, and then you just take his cash and run, or hold on to him long term if he if he stays on fire. Um, I've got a couple more there, but Maxi's put his hand out. What do you got, mate?
1: Yeah, just on on Matt Short, it's really kept me up last night thinking about it, and I, <laughs> the way that I've kind of reconciled is that he was almost the uneducated pick. Like if you looked at the draw and his price and his role, you would have thought, "Oh, this guy's a this guy's a lock for for round one, and I'll bring him in for the double round two without using a trade." And you know, he gives me good flexibility but every single person who's watched a game of cricket in the last 5 years knows he's no good so that's why it's um it was really frustrating to see him kind of prove all of us wrong um i, I wouldn't expect him to to bowl every week and it looks like they might be bringing in um, potentially an all-rounder into that number 6 spot that's vacated by Ryan Gibson's injury but geez, it it's, it's really annoying to see him do well but yes he he will be <laughs> in my team next week
2: yeah frustrating is it but it makes sense and as I say, you can't have everyone, and you're right, the numbers just didn't add up for me. Um, so I don't regret not having him there. Uh, the other two I had, boys, Matty Gilks. Is it Gilks or Jilks? I actually don't know. I think
1: we'll go with Jilks.
2: Jilks, yep. He looked really good. Uh, he's cheap, very aggressive. So he only has to get to 20 to get that bonus, and he'll lock in 45 points, which he did the other night. I was lucky enough to have him, as, have him as an AE, so I got him over Maxwell. So, extra 20 points or so, plus the price rises, nice. But I think he looked good. Um, just another cheap we'd have a look at there. I thought Will Sutherland bowled out standingly well last night, but mm. only got two overs, which was tough on him. Um, he hit the deck hard. He he has hit the bat hard too, and he took two wickets. Looks like he could maybe tie up an end. He'll get, get opportunities with the bat as well, so... I don't mind either of those two guys at lower prices, and you mentioned Xavier Bartlett, but gee, he well, came in mm. after the heat crumbled, which you know tends to happen year on year, so he might get his chances, and I really like him as a bowler, so they're just a few names to throw out, uh, but you'll find, as per our next segment, that I'm going to be targeting mostly double game week players, but if you're not, just a few contenders.
0: Maxie, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah,
1: but good, good shout, Spy. Definitely, and I think the Brisbane Heat um, and particularly Bartlett's a really interesting prospect because he did score those uh, unexpected points with the bat that that really will lock in probably at least two price rises for him. The good thing as well for the Heat is that, yes, they got to buy next round, but then they're also the first team to have two double game weeks. Um, they're straight back at it again yeah. in, in round six. And, and while you never advocate for holding expensive guys the likes of Lin, uh, Manjeeb on your bench just to save a trade, um, he's potentially a perfect guy to stash um, for another week and then you've got an extra number um, in round six as well.
2: And then um, sell, sell him afterwards as well
1: for a big profit, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Would have thought so. Would have thought so for sure. Um, one other guy I should call out, I didn't mention him because he was already in my team, um, but George Garton from the Adelaide Strikers um, looks uh, definitely a guy that was a, it was a risk taking a punt on for for, for round one, given that um, he'd never played in the big bash before and was 125K bat-bowl, but looks to have a decent role, um, opened the bowling, bowled death, bat, batted seven, um, and, and struck the ball well for for his one boundary. And I think one thing that kind of remember this year compared to, um, well, the last two years compared to other years is that those lower order guys, um, if they're in when the surge is is in, um, they're a real chance of getting to 20, getting those getting those extra runs and unlocking those strike rate bonuses. Um, yep. it's, it's a real game changer. And, and Bartlett was the beneficiary um, in this round, but it's a good thing to keep an eye out for anyone who's in that um, six or seven spot who traditionally you would have avoided
0: Mm, yeah, mate, you nailed that Georgie Garton call on the head. I was a bit sceptical at the time, but as you said, the, the role did look enticing. A bit of an unknown factor there, but Garton was terrific. And by taking that gamble, like a few of us did on Matty Short to a, probably a lesser degree, I mean, it saves you a, a pretty inevitable trade this week because Garton will be one of the most popular players uh, this season. Just a few to touch on for me uh, that we've already basically run over, but uh, pretty well the whole Renegade side, to be honest. I can't see myself going towards any of them because I'm pretty happy with my cheapies uh, and my cash generation that will come from this round. But um, we had Harvey, Fraser McGurk, Khan who you touched on. Seymour, who's possibly a bit of a trap with Finch coming back, among a couple of others. You touched on Will Sutherland there. So the Gades, I'm also not convinced on them as a side, but they're one from one, looked all right. But um, they're all guys who are going to be awkwardly priced after this week. So as you said, aside from probably Khan. They're guys you probably wanted in your original side, Um, aside from maybe Sutherland if he does start bowling more than a couple of overs. Uh, But while he's batting at six, looking pretty sharp with the ball, a massive option. Um, Boys, because we weren't probably going to touch on it later on in the show, we'll do it now. Daniel Sam's massive talking point. He's going to be going up 10, 15K, whatever it is, when lockout ends this week. He'll have a low break even. Max, I was speaking to you off-air about him, and you know, another one or two good performances from a proven gun, uh, and that price could be getting out of hand. Is he a guy you see as a must-have and has to come in this week, or what? What have you learned from round one on Daniel Sam's?
1: Yeah, the, uh, Daniel Sam's was in that category alongside Maxwell and Rashid, um, where you really want them all. Um, they didn't have the they didn't have the double game week for round one, but you could probably only realistically afford two of them. Um, when I, I had to think really, really hard um, to just about the logic behind it and and, and the, I think BBL compared to NRL is is, a re- is just so much about the logic of the role. Um, and I just think that he has the best role in Supercoach BBL. He, he will always bowl his four overs, so he's always going to unlock um, that pot- that potential um, uh, economy rate bonus. Um, he always bowls at good times of the match, so he's a great chance of taking wickets. Um, and he bats like an absolute machine. He scores runs quickly. He bats in the surge. Um, I think he has the best role in supercoach And unlike a Glenn Maxwell, for example, he always will bowl his overs. And unlike a Rashid, he'll always bat at some point in the innings as well, even if he's the last bloke to come in for in the final <laughs> over. Um, so I just think you just you have to have him. Um, even if you've started with a Maxwell this week, it wouldn't be the worst trade to just get in Sam's because the Thunder, like the Sixers and the Renegades, are clubs that don't have a buy. So every single week you will you would roll out Dan Sam's, um, and particularly when you've got single game weeks coming up in round five, um, round seven, round twelve, and round thirteen, he is a VC candidate um, for a loop every single week without question. Um, I think yeah. I think you have to have him, um, and those price rises are scary because not only will he be up an extra ten or eleven k next week, that break even's only going to be thirty three, which for him is one wicket and an economy rate bonus, and that would be you know underachieving by his standards. So it won't be long before he's he's out of reach. I'd I'd think so. If you don't have him, um, you should really consider trying to bring him in.
0: Yeah, yes, I, Sam's I, can still mate. Remember. I can still remember, sorry, Spi, jumping will jump in on you. Yep. Uh, a couple, oh, we were watching the game, before I say that, one. drop on that one. Watching that game, us Sam's owners, <laughs> he'd come out, took three far, economy of five and a half, was on track for a massive score. Then the Thunder were three for 30 from three and a half overs, and he's going, yes, yeah, Sam's next in line, a massive chance to come in and have him sort of consolidate the innings. Uh, you, you were sort of thinking maybe a pretty easy strike rate bonus for him there, and maybe 20 plus runs. Uh, didn't eventuate, didn't have to come out there. They chased it, chased it three for 140, uh, was not required with the bat. But again, that just shows, you know, the potential that is there when he did all of that with the ball in hand. Uh, it takes me back to what I was going to say. When you talk about the price getting out of reach, mm-hmm. Marcus Stoyne, there's two or three cam- campaigns back where he averaged, was it mid-90s or something in Supercoach, just went on that unbelievable run of form. And I missed out on him. He got up to like 270, 280K or something. It's just too hard to get in. So, you know, we're basing it off one game, but it can happen. And there are guys that you can't fit into your team if they do go berserk too early. Uh, what were you going to say, Spy?
2: Oh, firstly, fully agree. I won't won't expand too much on that cause you've said it all, but Sam's an absolute gun and he's a lock for the season with the bye schedule. So you got to love that. And if you can get him in, absolutely do it. The only thing I was going to say, Maxie, uh, my boy Darcy Short is the only one that might push him for the best role in Supercoach. Because not only does he open the batting, he also bowls between two and four overs, which is awesome. Though if he drops a few more short, they might drag him here tonight. But uh, he's got a good role as well.
1: Yeah, no, he does. He does have a super role. Um, I think a couple of years ago, he was bowling a bit more. Um and that's the only reason why I would put Sam's um, maybe just in front of him. But look, the way that they're going down there in Hobart with the injuries to their bowlers, it just you know, it's a roll out the red carpet for him as well. He's a he's a luxury guy to have in your team and well worth it.
0: Live on our updates of the Sixers clash, Dan Christian gone for five. Tommy Curran is in nice and early, ten overs. It won't be live to the people listening, so I won't annoy you, but Tommy <laughs> Go big for us, boys. Dan Christian, unless he takes a few with the ball's going to be a round one flop. Guys, if you're interested in our subscription package at SC Playbook, it's $20 for the entire season, $40 for the BBL, NRL, AFL full SC Playbook package, which will take you through for the next 12 months. Gives you extra content every single round, including access to our subscriber special podcast, where we can guarantee we'll answer your questions each and every week. Boys, we've touched on a few of them already, but there's plenty to get through. And we're going to start with our Adelaide Strikers analysis. Max, I'll start with you because you just dropped an article on the website. Each week, each round, you're going to be doing uh, analysis on whoever the double game week team is and going in depth with it. Um, you touched on it before, but Garton and Peter Siddle, the veteran, bowled at the death for them. Uh, we saw Maddie Short opening the batting bowling one over. Mate, I mean, we probably don't have to touch on a few of the guys that we already have, but who are the guys who you're looking at bringing into your side or avoiding uh, in the upcoming round two?
1: Yeah, thanks, Timmy. Um, In terms of my side personally, I've already got three Adelaide strikers in there. Um, Oh, hang on. Maybe it's only two. I've got George Garton and I've got um, Harry Nielsen as well in my team. Um, Garton straight in for the double. Um, And Nielsen, I'll need to see if I can potentially try and work a loop just in case – he goes to water, um, although I do like his role. Now, and of course, whenever we're talking about the double game week, we sort of just get back to what are our fundamentals. Um, and and probably the simplest way to to, to, to look is at the best bat, the best bowl. Um, so best batter for Adelaide strikers, Jake Weatherald by the length of the straight. Um, doesn't have much help around him at the moment, which is why they were unfortunate in their chase last night against the Melbourne Renegades. Um, I thought he was a little bit unlucky not to get to that um, strike rate bonus, which would have given him a good score um, last night. He was the victim of that um, ridiculous catch from Jake Fraser McGurk on the boundary, um, Maxie, one of the Maxie, all-timers.
2: Maxie, a little bit unlucky. is one of the biggest undersabers. Yeah. <laughs> Best I've nearly, nearly ever seen. It was insane.
1: Yeah, there was something about that leap um, that he took, which looked like he was just your typical Melbourne AFL stud at the academy you know, doing his pre-draft workout, trying to test his it was it was it was ridiculous. But look, if Jake gets that one over the fence, then you know he's got another twenty points unlocking his strike rate bonus, and you never know what he's going to do from there. So, if you want to go the best batter, um, he's your man. Um, best bowler, Rashid Khan. Um, although, just beware that some teams do just like to take quite a defensive approach against him and and try and attack the other bowlers and just sort of see him out for like a none for twenty odd nights. Um, and he did pick up one wicket. He should have had two as well with a missed stumping. But um, he's he's your best. The, the other guys as well. Um, we mentioned short a couple of times. I think particularly at this point in the game, um, with his money making potential, given that he'll have a negative break even, um, he's a he's a he's a good pickup because you'll be able to very easily turn him into say um, an Ashton Agar next week, or um, if he goes really well again, even potentially like a re- an easy straight swap to a. Um, to a, to a Clark um, or, you know, if he goes really good, like a Zamper. Um, then the other two as well, Siddle got a great role with his death bowling. Pod pick for you boys here, um, Dan Worrell. Now, Worrell is ridiculously overpriced for his um, his potential or for his form, for what he's shown in Supercoach. But that's all thanks to his ridiculous um, 60 that he scored uh, during the double last year for the Adelaide Strikers. He did bowl death. Um, I thought he did really well. Nailed his Yorkers, um, nailed his bumpers, um, would definitely not be popular given he's 160k, and that price will go up because he took a few polls last night. But bit of a pod shout. I'll think about it. But the smart picks are definitely Khan, Garten, Short, and Siddle,
0: mate. With a fair bit of depth at the strikers in the bowling ranks. I believe you didn't have Worrell in your predicted eleven to start the season. That may have changed. There were so many chops and um, chops and changes. It was hard to keep up with all the signings and injuries and Australia A's and all sorts mm-hmm. of things, mate. Job security's got to be an issue across the two games.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I think that that's been one of the strengths of the strikers for the last couple of years. They've had a pretty settled bowling lineup, And, and you know that most teams, will they'll pick five, um, hopefully with a sixth guy who can um, float in his batters. The best three bowlers that they'll have and, and an absolute locks, um, Rashid Khan, Peter Siddle, and George Garton, um, and then it's really going to come down to the potentially the conditions. Um, last night it was Worrell and Agar. Um, Agar bowled well, um, but you know wasn't preferred, uh, wasn't used to, in in a death bowling capacity. Whereas Worrell was, so Worrell may have just gone ahead of Agar in the pecking order just based on his ability to deliver those crucial overs um, in the surge at the end um, of the game, as well as what we know he can do. He's a, he's a traditional swing bowler to start the game, which can be really really handy. In T20 cricket, pretty underrated skill. Um, so look, there is definitely that um, that that potential. Even though Farwood Ahmed could be battling for that fifth spot, but um, look, if you wanted to if you wanted to try and make up ground or or, or make a pod play, um, I thought he looked really good. And I'd say that given that the games are at um, Adelaide Oval and Sydney Showground, which is probably pretty similar to a Marvel Stadium, um, I'll be looking at the bowlers and, and certainly a name to keep in the back of your mind.
0: D Worrell, you heard it here. Pod from Maxi Brighton. Spy. Have you, who do you like? Who do you dislike at the strikers? It's
2: a really good recap uh, from Maxi boy. I think Adelaide's funny. They're reasonably strong across the board most seasons. They don't often have total standouts. Uh, obviously Rashid Khan, but as Maxi said. Mm-hmm. Teams can be defensive against him, which does open up a little bit of opportunity for other bowlers to take wickets like your Worrells, Wes Agars, Siddles and the like, Garten this season. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'll be bringing Short in for exactly the reasons we spoke about. I want his price rises. We'll get two from one round because he plays twice uh, and then hopefully moving on to a Perth guy. Or if he keeps rolling, I can stick with him a bit longer. Rashid Khan will come in for Majeeb. Just an absolute lock. Just get him in. Uh, He bats as well. He couldn't get going last night, but he can score 25 off 10 with the bat at any point. Uh, So he'll be in for me, and he'll be my captain slash vice-captain. I think I play first, so vice-captain probably. Uh, And I like what I've seen of Garton. He didn't get going with the bat last night, but I know he's capable. So for me, I think it'll be Short, Rashid Khan and Garton, though I may have a little look at Cash and maybe get a Siddle over Garten. But I think at the price Garten is again that money making potential batsman and bowler, I think he looks the goods.
0: Spy, two of your boys over the years of Supercoach BBL have been Weatherald and Siddle. And none none of them at the moment.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I've just got a feeling on Weatherald, call it a gut feel. I think he might not have a blinder just in the double, so I'm just leaving him out. <laughs> and if I'm being honest, I just like I probably prefer bowlers uh, in this round, as as Max said. Uh, but I'm certainly not against Weatherall, But he could go for four and four and get you nothing, or he could come out and score 80 and 80. So it's going to be a risk watching him if I don't getting him. But, yeah, mm-hmm. probably him or Garton could well be on the cards. Uh, but I'll have to make that decision, well, mm-hmm. pretty soon. I think it's tomorrow night. I might be starting, so we'll
0: <laughs> be good. boy, anything about there?
1: Yeah, the question without notice, boys, I know Matt Short will be popular um, and I know I've already apologised because I didn't think he was any good and he sort of proved me wrong. Now, the strikers play in the first round, uh, first match of the round as well. Um, Would you start Matt Short or would you emergency loop him?
2: For me, I'll go first. I would definitely emergency loop him if I can. Uh, I always try to emergency loop at least one guy and it sort of he makes sense Uh, But again, it all depends on your team makeup and who else is in it. Because if you can emergency loop another cheapie that you might have to have on field and they only play one game, then you'd prefer to have them. But yeah, certainly I'll be looking at all the options. And I think he's your perfect option. Because whilst he looked good the other night, maybe he comes out, gets a duck, and then you panic.
0: Hmm. Supercoach golden rule, perhaps rule number one is do not chase last week's points. Sometimes (laughs) roles, particularly in cricket with such uh, vastly changing roles, uh, it can be hard to pass up and at times this may not apply. But as you said, Short hasn't been a terrific uh, Supercoach player over the years. He did only bowl that one over. Uh, So I'm with you, mate. I I think it's the perfect chance to, to AE loop him and... You know, if he does come out and get no runs and doesn't bowl an over, you might be going, all right, well, he, he all of a sudden becomes an antipod by, by leaving out of your starting side. Spite?
2: I will say, boys, and we just talked up short a lot, but it is possible I go through my side once lockout ends and go, you know what, I'm going to avoid him and get someone like Zahir Khan. Not saying it would happen, but he, he's not an absolute lock, but but he ticks a lot of boxes at this stage. He does.
1: And I think the other thing to keep in mind as well, always with your double game week strategy, um, given that all of these uh, first four teams who have a double um, outside of the sixes um, have got the buy straight afterwards, you've got to be confident that you can either trade these guys out for a decent value um, or you need to have someone on the bench um, that you can play on your field to to sub them out as well. So um, given I've already got two uh, Adelaide strikers, um, I'll be factoring that into how many I bring in. Ideally, it would be three, but I just want to make sure I've got an exit strategy
2: just yeah. quietly on that, uh, with the weather around as well, if you end up with four strikers, for example, or four or five strikers and four or five sixes, and it rains for their games, could be in a world of hurt. So just something to consider. I did have a little look, and I think the latest forecast for round two was actually okay, which is nice, but it is something to consider for those people that like to go really in-depth and just maybe check the, the radar while you're at it and see what your your backups would be if you've got a lot of guys from one or two sides.
0: Yeah, and tactically speaking, I think we can get caught up in the idea that our right, double game week team coming up. Uh, we've you've just mentioned the risk that that can come about in doing so. Yeah, you can get caught short for starters, but it's just a massive tactic in SuperCoach is people. Yeah, three three double games in this week, but you know, but you might want to get two of them in this week and get a Stars player come in next week, which I'll be doing this week. We'll get to the trades later on. Um, or you might get a Scorchers player who looks the goods like an Ashton who might be set for a price rise, a game will like he did us tonight. It just means you're going to have an extra double game week player for those weeks. So you're not really falling short. It's sort of a, you're taking a short-term hit, uh, but long-term it can pay off just the same and you might be any better player in doing so. So don't yeah, overlook nice. that one. Boys, let's jump into a couple of pod, anti-pod plays. And I'm going to start us off uh, because it is on the strikers. And I think it's a massive play this week on Rashid Khan, going against him as skipper. Uh, Definitely have him in your team. But I think he was owned by over half of all super coaches already coming into, well, I mean, we're midway through round round one. That number is going to jump probably around 75% by round two. Of serious super coaches, it's going to be 100%. And I'd expect, you know, probably a good 50% could have the captaincy on Rashid Khan. I mean, you've already spoken about it, but we know we've seen time and time again, uh, opposition batsmen just see Rashid off. And I think you threw out the numbers, Maxi, none for 20 off, four overs because they play him so conservatively uh, and seen through such is the class of Rashid Khan. And I can see that happening. We know he got the one wicket in his last over last night. Uh, we'll often bowl those middle overs. So, you know, if you want to go a death bowler like Garden, like a Peter Siddle, Garden with that all rounder role, I think it's a massive uh, antipod play to go against Rashid Khan as skipper. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Spy?
2: I like it. I actually think Khan for VC is an absolute. I think it's the play for sure. Just in case he gets nothing. Um, the only issue I have with that, and it's not an issue, but there's no other side on the double game week. So I think Khan on his worst day still scores 20 or 30. Then you get another shot at him. So look, it would be bold, but yeah, I'm not against it.
0: The other thing on that is we've 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 touched on a pretty crook-looking batting line-up there. Rashid Khan batting fairly high in the order for the strikers. Had an opportunity last night but couldn't capitalise on it. So when you do add in that batting opportunity as well, it makes his right even more appealing. Uh, but I'm not sure which way I'll go at the moment. There's every chance I go through Rashid Khan as skipper, but uh, I do see opportunity there. And my pod fellas, a guy uh, who I'm a big fan of, He's AJ Tyre, started last season with him. Probably not a great move in hindsight as he started slow, having missed the entire season before with another career injury for him. Um, but the Boys an absolute weapon. And I'll allude to Matty Broom's article from his big bowling analysis. 21 wickets last season, with two or more wickets in over half his games. His mm-hmm. average of 42, he says, can be slightly misleading due to two rain-affected games where he only bowled one over and zero overs. So that 42.8, the, the actual average is significantly higher. And I touched on before on, on going a couple of weeks early and double game week players. He's only at ninety two percent, nine point two percent ownership, uh, and he's a, he'll have the double for the Scorchers in round four. So Maxie, what do you reckon on on AJ Ty?
1: Yeah, look, it's it's a very good shout. Um, he's he's just got the role um, and and the skill as well. So um, I don't hate that move at all. We always look at death bowlers, and he's absolutely one of the best.
0: Mm, who are your pods, Andy Pods, Maxi?
1: Uh, Pod move for me, Um, I'm going to basically try and anticipate um, what everyone else is going to do uh, for trades tomorrow. Um, And I'm thinking about holding Dan Hughes. Now, um, he's in horrible Supercoach Nick. Um, He scored a zero and uh, I think he scored one run tonight before he was out. So he's set for um, a price drop from um, not even a staggeringly high 78 Um, But I do like his role batting three um, and four in a good team, Um, and I'm still pretty convinced that he was in decent form before this season. So I think while a lot of people will zig um, him probably to a Matt Short, I might try and go there from other routes.
0: Mm, Very nice. And in Uh, terms
1: of an antipod play, again, Matt Short will get him, won't play him. And I might try the emergency, but I might also try that on Um, somewhere else in my team. But, yeah, at the moment, um, I'm pretty confident that Lightning won't strike twice and Matt Short will have another blinder. But I'd love for him to prove me wrong because that'll just make more money for me.
0: Exactly right, mate. And the Dan Hughes call, whilst I don't really like it, I understand it, but, I mean, it's an antipod play at the same time. He um, he just you know, everyone is going to jump to sell him straight away. So by by holding on to him, that's an end of the play. Uh, not convinced, though. I just don't see the upside in him. You know, he's not new to the setup. I know he's got a good role, but I think Tomo touched it in one of his because he's batted three or four, mm. for, he's batting at four for him this season. He's batted three or four for them for a fair few years now. It's not a completely new role. I mean, you said that he came into the season in form, but why are you waiting on something to change for him, especially considering he's going to have a pretty high break even when lockout ends?
1: Um, I think for me, it's I like the flexibility that he gives me on my um, within my batting spots. Um, given I've got two thunder players in there at the moment who are also batting in their top three, Jilks and Sam Whiteman, um, I like that I can um, use uh, emergencies um, with those players, and yeah, I think that I think that he will come good. I, I'm I'm just going to back him to come good more more than anything else.
0: Mate, you called the Moe Enriquez at three, so I'd never doubt you. Spy <laughs> pod, antipod for you.
2: I won't be keeping Hughes, I'll give you the tip. <laughs>
0: but, um, <laughs> unless I absolutely
2: have to, I must say. I mean sometimes hey, especially
0: a that Hey, just buy Yep. Maxie, are you going to if you do eventrate and hold on to Hughes, is he a bloke you'd be playing in your team next week?
1: Yeah, look, I I would pretty confidently play him each week, just knowing that um, not many other people will. Um, and I, 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 as I said again, I, I think I think he can come good. Um, sometimes this game is a little bit about gut, um, even though ex- so-called experts like me will try and come in and tell you that just to try and think about it more. But um, I've just got I've just got a feeling with Daniel, and that he's going to come good for me.
0: A big brain and big nads on Maxi Bryden. Spy back to you. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's uh, and you're right, mate.
2: It's gut. Guts a huge thing in fantasy sports, I feel. And especially for someone at that price, I mean, you can say, oh, I don't like Hughes, get him out, but he's cheap. So what's he sitting at? Hughes is... 78K He's probably going to be – well, he might even be 65K next week. He might not even be worth selling, to be honest. um, Not going
0: to achieve a lot, are you?
2: Yeah, maybe maybe he's held a spot on the back of that and what you just said. So (laughs)
0: we'll go
2: from there. Uh, And I'm pretty sure he scored a 96 not out recently. Was that last year or the year before? Am I making that up?
1: No, last year he was on 94 not out against uh, the Melbourne Stars and he got caught on the rope trying to win the game. That's Um, right. So, so you know,
2: that proves he's capable. And if, yep. you're, if you're at 60K, you go, okay, well, maybe. Keep um, the faith. Keep the faith. But he won't be in my side. <laughs> he, might, <laughs> he might be an auto-emergency loop. Um, so for me, it'd be anti pod pay would be just not getting Matt Short at all um, or putting on the bench like was discussed previously. And Matt, I really wanted to sell Hughes because I had the shits more than anything. <laughs> um, maybe I hold on to Hughes, and then instead of getting short, I'll get I'll use my other trade for something maybe more effective, and hope short doesn't go off. So I
1: think you've got to get short, yeah. even just, just for the cash <clears throat> rise potential. You, you're thinking about turning a guy who's starts at eighty k, and in you can sell him in a week's time for a, a mid ranger on the rise. So. Um, that's that's certainly the smart play um if you but that's all that's also prioritizing um, cash over points so um, if you're looking for points from the strikers then that um, avoiding him could be um, could be a great move
2: yeah it all depend on what cash i make this week and also what other options are available i'm not just going to do a trade that that doesn't isn't a big play but I found something that I really liked that's when I might look against him but I just think it's I think it's on the table but it would be bold and that's why it's an anti-pod my pod plays would just be holding Xavier Bartlett as as discussed earlier and he's at about 20% at the moment but James Evince I'm pretty happy to hold on to for a while at that price he looks like he's apart from tonight he he got out for 12 but he looked okay it looks like he might have brought his form across from last season, and I don't mind playing in my side each week in, until it's time to move him on. Or if I can't move him on, I'll just sit him there for the year.
1: Yeah, like that. And I think what I would say is that anyone evaluating batting performances from the Sixers end or uh, the Hobart Hurricanes in Launceston tonight, um, that pitch is an absolute dog. So um, uh, just take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, except
2: Tommy Cairn, who's 26 off 18. Go, boy, <laughs> go.
0: Yeah, if you could have done something in the first game, I would have kept him as my VC and looped him, but not to worry because you will probably take a bag of wickets as well. <laughs> uh, anyway, over to you, Mujib. Boys, let's move on to the Melbourne Stars who have the double game week in round three. Max, I'll shoot straight to you for your likes and dislikes and um, big one to monitor there. Fortunately, we're going to go to look at their lineup in round two, uh, but a few, a few notable omissions in game one. Nathan Nile, Marcus Stoinis, both expected back for round two. Uh, and recent signing, big Dre Russ uh, to come in for them as well. Who do you like there? And, and I suppose, Maxi sorry to throw you under the bus here on short notice, but who do you see dropping out from the Stars lineup that was pretty piss poor, to be honest, in that game? Not pretty piss poor. They were horrendous in game one.
1: Yeah, they were they were they were terrible. Um, it's not often you get to break the record for the biggest loss in uh, BBL history, but the honours went to them. Um, wasn't a great start to the tournament, but last, the um, they'll, they'll get a lot better when you add in the likes of um, Stoynis, Coulton, uh, Isle, Andre Russell, Keys Ahmed. Um, they'll get they'll get a lot better, um, which is really really good for them. In terms of the guys I like, um, you can take your, your pick. There's probably four who really stand out from the pack. Um, Stoyness, we know what he can do. Glenn Maxwell, premium all rounder, um, should be available at a discounted price from his starting starting price as well, given um, given a low score in round one. Um, they're the best two with the bat. Best bowler, Adam Zampa, um, again didn't take a wicket in round one, so he should get a nice little haircut on um, on his starting price. But um, he's he's a great one to have in your team. Um, and Andre Russell now, jury's out on is his, his uh, game winning ability if it's as consistent as it was um, in previous years, given that he's, he's a fair bit older than um, BBL 5 which was when he set the tournament alight six years ago, which is, um, geez, that makes you really feel old. Um, but he's he's certainly worth a watch. And the good thing is that we do get one look at him before that double game week. Um, but there are stars right across the, right across the board Two, uh, three other names that you can keep an eye out for. Um, Keys Ahmed, the um, Afghani uh, leg spinner. He'll be joining Zampa as a Spin Twins this year. Um, Joe Clark um, had a really poor start um, against the Sydney Sixers, but will be cheap and uh, can fit into your wicketkeeper spot. And NCN as well, the big name. Um, he's probably overpriced given that he took um, uh, had an amazing round one last year. I think it was scored 160-odd super coach points. Um, really inflated his price, but had had about three scores over 70, which were very good. But um, he is one you can look at, but he's also my pick for one to avoid just given his injury history.
0: Yeah, and always a huge chance of rest in those double game weeks, to cool Nile. remember last year I had him as a bit of a round one sort of semi pod and he scored something like 170 in one round one game of his double and then was rested for the second game just to note on it i don't believe correct me if i'm wrong but he didn't miss round one due to injury or he might have been coming back from injury but he played grade cricket on the same day Mm -hmm. or around the same day that the stars played so that alleviates a little bit of concern
1: yeah, super weird one. Um, he was running around in uh, West Australia um, playing grade cricket, um, as was Darcy Short as well. While while the rest of the Hobart Hurricanes were having their pre season in Sydney, so um, really hard to understand um, what caused that. But um, you know, needless to say, um, you just got to you just got to keep an eye on NCN because he does love a love a soft tissue injury um, and and getting a rest.
0: Are you a Maxi owner, mate?
1: I am. Uh, I went him round one, just given he's got. Um, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his record against the Sixes is as good as any one player against any one team. Um, he just he just beats up the Sydney Sixes. I think he does get up for big games. Um, And the good thing as well for the Stars to keep an eye on for that double game week is they've got two huge games as well. They're playing the Thunder um, and the Sydney Sixers, arguably the two best teams. So um, there's every chance that he's going to go out there with a real chip on his shoulder and try and lead from the front with both uh, with bat um, and maybe ball as well.
0: Spy, your thoughts at the Stars. And firstly, we're all Maxi owners here. The fact that he's going to have a high break even that will obviously be revealed again after lockout, which you don't have access to at this current time, we will in a few hours. If you're a non owner, are you tempted to get him in this round in preparation for round three, or are you just banking on him, not going low again, um, but not getting burnt by him and getting that another price drop coming up ahead of round three?
2: Look, mate, I think it depends on your side. If you've got enough strikers already, I'm happy to get him in. I'd probably, if Stoinis is fit, I'd prefer Stoinis. Uh, and especially that Stoinis may bowl, although he has had a bit of a side strain. Uh, I- I'm not against getting him in, but you certainly don't have to rush if you've got other things you need to look at in terms of strikers and whatnot. So I think it suits your side. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm 50-50 on it, depending on that. Uh, but happy to wait because he may be cheaper and we can just see if he's in form or not. But I think mm. you want him for the double regardless. So yeah, not against it, lads. Uh, in terms of who I like, I already own Maxi. I will definitely get Stoinis in. I'm I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan of the big Stoin. Adam Zampa is an absolute gun. So if I can afford him as well, they'll be my three minimum three stars. It'll be Maxwell Zampa and Stoinis, and then yeah, I really like Joe Clark's. I haven't seen a lot of him bat to be honest, but he's got three T20 tons. He strikes 155. Um, and averages about 28. So for a double game week, batting up top there at that price, what's if he's 112 now? You could get him for about 100K, so I really like Joe. Mm,
0: yeah, he'll be cheap there. Hey, Maxi, it'll be the big question. We're going to get a look at him, uh, which is handy on Stoyness and whether or not he does bowl. Do you see him bowling, particularly with the fact that you've got a – you know, arguably an all-rounder in Coulton Nile to come back into that side. Big Dre Ras could roll the arm over there. Um, plenty of bowling options. Will he be a six option or do you see them being cautious with him, as we've spoken about in pre-season podcasts and not needing to risk him getting an injury sustained while bowling?
1: Yeah, I'd say they'll go the cautious approach. Um side strains have been an issue for Stoyness for, for some time. Um he did play with them in the World Cup, the 50 over World Cup a couple of years ago. Um, but that's a horrible injury for a bowler to to try and play through. So um I would say given the depth that they've got, um, even Maxwell as the as the sixth bowling option, that that we're unlikely to see Marcus bowling um at all. If not, it'll be really, really late in the season at the earliest. Mm.
0: Spy and Maxi for that matter. Uh, you may have mentioned him. Uh, might have gone over my head. I might have phased out at some point. Very possible. Adam Zampa, did you mention him spy or not? Because in yeah. my opinion, he's a must have.
2: It was very, very quick because he's just so good. There's not much to say. I just said he's an absolute yeah. gun. He's in their top top two or three fantasy options, yeah. uh, and he's just outstanding. So if you if you can afford to get him in, you just do it. Simple as that.
0: Must
1: I'll just add back. to that as well. Um, keep an eye on the um, Perth Scorchers and Adelaide Strikers game, um, which will be at the Sydney Showgrounds in round two. Um, it's weirdly enough a Perth home game. Um I don't know why it could be given to, to due to lockout restrictions um, at their border. Um, but that'll give you a bit of an idea as to the conditions on that ground. Now, the showground um, in past seasons is like marble. It's a, it's a surface that's really, really hard to predict. It can be amazing. Um, it can be an absolute dog. Um, but if it is a dog and it's taking spin, um, then Zampa and even Keys Ahmed um, uh, should really, really be considered for your side for um, for the Melbourne Stars. Um, the second game at the MCG, um, you know when you get there, it's a big ground. It is also conducive to spinners because um, particularly the wide boundaries, that it's hard to get hit over the fence there. So they take a lot of catches in the outfield.
0: Mm, yeah, very nice. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, just on the Stars there, uh, just on those guys that we mentioned and we touched on it, uh, Stoinis I'm looking at potentially getting in, but... If I didn't own guys like Adam Zampa, Joe Clark, Glenn Maxwell to a probably less degree, uh, all blokes were going to have high break evens. I'd just wait another week, you know, see how the side, the roles play out for a lot of guys, particularly those part time bowling sort of uh, guys that are batting top order Glenn Maxwell, especially when blokes come back into the side. Marcus Stoinis. But the blokes with the high break evens, just wait a week. You should get a bit of extra cash there um, and no need to jump early in those, aside from Big Stoyne, uh, who I'm tempted by because he comes in for his first game of the season, so it's a bit less relevant. Guys, if you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au. Uh, absolute cracking thing that I came across the other day. They're offering player performance markets, which are basically fantasy BBL markets. The, the scoring is nearly identical to Supercoach, uh, just a bit more simplistic with runs, wickets, etc., etc. We'll be previewing their play performance markets throughout the Big Bash season. We nailed around one profit to start off with a little $4.46 multi. Uh, so off to a good start. We struck at 108% return on investment for the NRL season, so doubled your money there if you followed us throughout. Uh, so if you do want to follow us, check out topsport.com.au with the code sc playbook if you're signing up. 18-plus only, gamble responsibly. The play for this week, lads, he got me over the line in the uh, the first round of Supercoach, or the first round of Big Bash, should I say, Kane Richardson over twenty eight and a half points at a dollar ninety. I'm sticking by him because I think he's a weapon and a good bloke to follow in those play performance markets. Spy,
2: can I tell you a quick punting story from the weekend? First, uh, first one was I uh, was at the races, picked a decent winner, and forgot to collect my ticket off the bookie, so I it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, the first uh, match of the BBL was on. I was I was all on Phillippe just. Time to load up. Got a bit distracted. I'm like, oh, it's about to start. Jumped on, and I missed the lockout by, I kid you not, about six seconds. I was halfway through. I was about to hit submit. I just put my money input in, and the event closed, and it cost me about eighty bucks. So sad times. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> the H2O went to your heads by. that did, mate. Uh, but anyway, I'll be back on Top Sport soon, and we'll get back back in the winners.
0: Good stuff, mate. Boys, a little bit tough to do, but important to add, uh, nonetheless, we're going to have a look at our trades and skippers for rounds two and three. Um, you know, a long way out. There's a lot to change uh, that could change in our in our tactics. Um, So take these with a little bit of a grain of salt, particularly the round three trades, I think. The round two trades will be pretty close to the mark, I'd imagine. But the round three trades, um, you know, still four or five days away. So a bit can play out there. So, Maxi, what have you come up with uh, a couple of days out or one day out from round two, should I say?
1: Yeah, round two, my skipper, um, I think I'm going to play it safe and go Rashid Khan. Um, I'll just go with the packets. They're, they're too hard a mob to, to really try and um, guess guess against. Um, for my trades for next round, um, leaving my team will be uh, Majib, um, also be saying goodbye Oh, this is a tough one because the, the logical pick for me was Moses um, because he's a bat only, but he's in such good touch. So yeah. um, I'm not sure there. Um, uh, it'll either be Moses or Maxwell who are leaving and it might just be a one-week um, pass on Maxwell just to kind of save 30K in a price rise and then bring him back a week later. Um, and then the final person I'll be saying goodbye to will be probably Will Sutherland. Um, who I he, he scored well this round, um, but I wasn't really happy with how many uh, overs he got given, and I, I'm not sure how much that'll change throughout the season. Um, he'll make way for Matt Short, um, Rashid Khan, as I mentioned, um, and then I reckon Peter Siddle will be my third trade for round two.
0: Nice, mate. Some very interesting plays there. Squad must be looking all right to be uh, getting into blokes of that caliber. Spy, how are you looking? Tell
2: you what, boys, I'm, I'm having a shocker today after a big weekend. I did not prepare for half of this podcast, and I thought I had, but I've been winging it, so we're all good. Uh, in terms of trades, I, I'll be getting rid of, at this stage, Dan Hughes, uh, Chris Lynn, and Majib. Rashid Khan will come in, uh, and then I think I'll get Garten, and look, it'll probably have to be Dan Hughes for short in the end, but I'll have a look at that one. I'll VC Rashid if I can do it. And then I just give you the option to Captain Sams if Rashid happens to get a zero or something. But more than likely, I'll just loop him. And then for round three, I'll be looking at getting... I've already got Maxwell, so I'll need Stoyness, Joe Clark is a bit of a cash grab with potential. And then most likely Zampa there to give me four stars. And I'd do the same thing. I'd look... Ideally, with my one floater, which is Connolly, the injured Perth guy, who can come in for my loop, I'll do the VC on Maxi or Stoinis. Um And if they happen to have an absolute shocker, I can have a look at Dan Sams again. But most likely, I'll just be doing the VC on them and then uh, and then looping
0: him if they hopefully go okay. Mm, good hustle there, Spy. <clears throat> for me in round two... Garten Siddle, Stoyness. I'm set on Garten and Siddle. I've already got three strikes in my side in short, Nielsen and Rashid Khan. So I don't really need six of them. That puts you in a precarious sort of position the following round. Um, So I'm looking at Stoyness at this stage. Out will be Lin, Mujib and Dan Hughes uh, at this rate, barring anything big in that last heat game. Round three trades, it'll be Zamper in 100%. Joe Clark, not guaranteed, but probably uh, Ashton and Agar, who I believe we're going to get a look at tonight. Uh, I, if he looks good tonight, and it'll all be role-dependent. I don't mind the idea of going early on him uh, in round three, ahead of the Scorchers round four double. Uh, could be a nice little move there, should things play out. Boys, we've gone... Maxi anything to add?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to comment on that. Um, I think it's really smart looking ahead um, at Perth players if you're unsure about how many stars or strikers you want to hold through buys. Um, The Scorchers are the first team that don't have the buy immediately after their double game week. So they're a bit more of a safer um, team to to load up on. Um, And their double game week as well looks pretty good. Um, I'm just bringing up who they have. Um, It is the Hurricanes, um, who will be a tough prospect, but then the Melbourne Renegades Mm. um, down at Marvel Stadium. So that could could be a a bloodbath and lots of points. Yeah, Yeah. nice.
0: Like it, mate. A couple of questions to wrap things up. We'll start with Rick Edwards. Uh, Is Stoinis even a good option when he's back for the Stars? Feel like he's slightly injured. Probably won't bowl later in the season. Um, I suppose we've touched on Stoinis already. So (laughs) if he doesn't bowl... Fellas, Maxi, is he definitely a buy uh, or what are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think really the key to to Supercoach is, is loading up your batters with guys who bowl as well. Um, but Stoinis is one guy who really bucks the trend there. Um, he's well worth it. Um, it's pretty... He's expensive for a reason. Um, I don't think he bowled last year, maybe in, maybe one over in one game, um, and he's already 163k, and most people think that's pretty cheap. So, yeah, he's he's well worth it, um, especially if their team gets on a roll and his form looks good.
2: What do you think, Inspire? I was just going to add, it's one massive thing with supercoats is you need upside, guys who can really score big. and. Yeah. With Stoin at his price, he's priced at what he is because he didn't bowl last season. Uh, so you can sort of afford to get him in without having to pay that 210 k And the upside factor with Stoin is I think he scored 147 or something not out either last year or the year before. So if he does that again, it just blows everyone out of the water. So whilst no one, most people in fantasy sports, apart from maybe like Tom Trevojevic, are are not must-haves, Gee, it's risky to go against someone like Stoinis at that price. Uh, So I don't think you absolutely 100% have to buy him, but just be aware of what you're potentially giving up.
0: Yeah. For that double game week in particular, to leave him out, if he does come out and hits 80 and 80 uh, and then does roll the arm over and take three or four wickets, he'll be out of uh, price range uh, before you blink an eye so. Just play it safe with you I think. But uh, it doesn't have to be until round three, despite the fact that I might go early on him. A question from Stevie Soden says, brilliant guys, great follower of the podcast. So thanks for your support, Stevie boy. Do we bench Rashid in round three or is it too much cash dashed on the bench? So this is obviously the strikers having the round two double on the buy in round three. Maxi, do you see yourself selling Rashid off uh, at that high price for round three or will you hold him through?
1: It's a great question. Um, I would trade him. I think you need to be aggressive and use as much of your money on field as humanly possible. Um, the only real exception that I'll use for people who are buyers are guys are mid-range um, or cheapies who have a really, really good break even. So so Bartlett um, is the prime example. Started the, the, the season at 97K, Got a big score. Um, I have forgotten off the top of my head. Don't know if it was a ton. Might have been 80-odd in Supercoach. So not only will he make money, but he's also going to be sitting up there with a plum break-even ready for round three when he steps back on the field. So um, that's the only situation where I see myself holding um, a guy who's on a buy. So um, there's so much money. There's so much that you can do um, with that Rashid Khan money. In, in round three, like that that just gets you straight to to Glenn Maxwell. It might get you straight to Andre Russell. So um what would you rather have? No points from two hundred thousand dollars or sort of two games? Um you're always going to go with two games.
0: Mm. Uh Spire, would you concur with Maxi or mm. could you see an argument in holding him?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd always envision selling him for sure. I, I must say, at the end of each round, I'll always just do a little reassess of the next couple of rounds just to see what the options are. Uh, so nothing's ever off the table, but in my head, you certainly, to, to bench that amount of money and for a double game week where you can have a gun getting a double for you, uh, yeah, I'm with Maxi on that. Very hard to do, but always open to options, guys.
0: Good stuff, fellas. Strong podcast tonight. Spy big as always.
2: Thanks, fellas. Good fun.
0: And Maxi, I can't believe you haven't chimed up. But Moe Enriquez is 72 not out with an over to go. Killing uh, me. Him as a semi-pot in your side. You've been very quiet,
1: Man, Just trying not to put the mocker on him. But um, <laughs> no, that that last-minute trade of uh, him to to Chris Lynn. Um, looking good so far. Just wish I had the VC on uh, on 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 him or Flip, and um, I'll be doing a lot better. But let's uh, let's chat tomorrow when the rankings are out for round one.
0: Too late bombs from Chris Jordan. He could get a cheeky little strike rate bonus for you as well, mate. You're on tonight. Uh, Cheers, Maxie.
1: (laughs) Thanks, boys. Always a pleasure.
0: Thanks, guys. Cheers for tuning in.